Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome, rugby fans, to another great episode of the Run, Parcel, Kick interview with your team here on the Rugby Rad Podcast Show. My name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. We will deliver the questions to the man of the hour is Mo Katz from the Old Glory DC. Mo, welcome to the show, my friend. What's up, fellas? Excited to be here. Thanks, Ty, for having me. And Rob, uh, should be a good show. Excited to, excited to you know talk on camera for once. Excellent. Well, you know what? We're excited to be able to see what your responses will be, but I will let you know that we have done some extensive research before this uh, before this interview, and uh, we're going to be putting you to some interesting questions. And to be able to deliver those questions and to let our viewers know how it works, if you are tuning in for the first time, here's Rob to explain how it goes. That's right. So I did my stalking most, so you get, better get ready. Uh, so this is how the Run, Pastor Kick interview works in its style. I'm going to ask a question. I'll prompt that question with run, pass, or kick. And then you have several options. You can run with the question and just indicate you're going to do so. And that means that you want to go and answer the question straight away. Take it right up uh, on a go forward. Um, And uh, if you say, well, I'm going to pass that question, just means you want to stay away from it. Maybe it's a a little touchy subject. So you're just going to pass it and, and not answer or you can always put it on, on, on us and put us on the uh, uh, on the defense and kick it to us. And uh, we'll assume um, that whoever asks the question will, will get the qu- question kicked back to us. Unless you specify otherwise, you can always indicate who you want to kick it to. So are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge? I sure am, Rob. Let's do it. Awesome. So like I said, I've gotten pretty good at this internet stalking bit. And uh, I'm going to ask Ty to go ahead and cue a photo. If you wouldn't, for all those folks that are listening on the podcast, um, let me just describe that Mo looks like he's at a celebration of some kind. Ty, what do you make of that uh, jacket he's wearing there? Well, for, for for those of you that cannot see what we see, maybe you're tuning in the podcast, the first word that comes to mind is awful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is a suede jacket, brown. What, what is it? Like, I mean, right now it looks like somebody is riding you like a bull. <laughs> okay. First off, you hit the nail on the head, not only once, but twice. Okay. The jacket is suede. And <laughs> point. You're like a bull. Can you not see the bull horns I'm throwing up? To, to How do you see that now? Yes, we can. With me. She's got the, I don't know if she's showing off or maybe she's lassoing something or either <laughs> way, you know what I mean? We're there to have a good time. And I got that. I think I bought that suede jacket actually right before um, going to that wedding. So not only is that it's suede, it's brand new. If you zoom in, I probably got some some stains on the elbows there from that evening. It started to drizzle later that night. It was an absolute disaster. Not only did I was I the guy that wore suede, I was the guy wearing suede in the rain. So, uh, <laughs> so my, my my follow up question here, uh, just because you know we're in a PC culture, was this consensual? <laughs> Absolutely, I was. See, I was. I had initiated the bull, and then I invited Anna, who was the bride at the wedding, to kind of saddle up. 
And uh, it was absolutely consensual. Both of us, you know, had had given verbal verbal approval before before proceeding. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> so so now that we've got the scene set and we understand what kind of frame of mind you were in, uh, run, pass, or kick. Is it true that your spirit animal is a bull? Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to run with that one. And I think I'm going to kind of deflect a little bit. I think my spirit animal is more of, I think I'm more of a bear. And, <laughs> and that, I mean, I can kind of be a teddy bear at times where I can be soft and cuddly. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I can have that uh, ferociousness of the bear, like in that Leonardo DiCaprio movie, I forget what it's called. But you know what I mean? Where you can kind of flip the switch and kind of have it on and off. So a bull where I think is a bull, you know, you kind of see red and you get a little bit agitated type deal. I don't, I don't view myself as the kind of fired up type. I think I'm more of, like I said, a, a bear that can kind of be cuddly. But at the same time, you know, I got big claws or something like that that can get you. <laughs> so so it's kind of like a, a, a in-match, um, you know, presence and then a post-match celebration uh, type of presence, right? Yeah, so- <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I like to think that when I step between the lines, there's definitely a different person than the guy you're seeing on camera right now. I think uh, anybody that wants to play at a high level thinks that same way. Um, but yeah, I mean, after the whistle is blown, you know, I'll be the first guy to, to make a joke or, or something like that. So cool. Well, th- you know, it's funny you, you talk about um, your attitude and the and the mindset that you take onto the field because it's pretty clear based upon. Uh, what I could gather uh, that athletics has always been, or some type of sport has always been a part of your background. As a matter of fact, for those that don't know, uh, Mo uh, was uh, lettered in high school in both lacrosse and American football. So my question to Mo, run, pass, or kick, what drew you then to rugby? Uh, I'll run with that. And um, on that note, you know, I, I, I'm probably going to be running with a lot tonight, just like I like to take the ball <laughs> and run on the field. And that's, I guess, where I got into rugby a little bit was uh, I played American football, but in high school, I was sort of forced to decide between offense and defense. Uh, I chose the defensive route. Me at the time, I was more of a, hey, let's smash and, uh, you know, tackle type of guy. Um, you know, I, and I loved carrying the ball when I was growing up playing youth football. I was a fullback at, at heart and I played linebacker. So I really never liked, I never wanted to come off the field, whether it was special teams regardless. So when I got to high school, I kind of specialized, like I said, on defense, um, which narrowed the sport for me a little bit, um, which was a little less fun. Obviously, if you're going to go to the next level with that sport, there's not a lot of guys that are playing both sides of the ball. So I ended up going to school at JMU, um, where I I kind of dipped my toe into club lacrosse a little bit. And by that, I mean, I showed up to a tryout and then that was pretty much the end of it. Uh, I had met a few of the rugby guys because my older brother had gone through the school and played rugby and started playing rugby there. So it was just sort of a natural, hey, I'm looking for something to do. I'm looking for an outlet. You know, I'm at school and I didn't get to play sports anymore. So that was the next best thing or was the best thing for me. And, you know, however many years later, here I am talking to you guys. So um, I would say, you know, the contact is what led me to rugby. Obviously, me playing linebacker and stuff like that, playing American football growing up, I love to hit. I love to tackle. Um, but then at the same time, you know, the, the unique aspect of rugby that has really kept me in the sport is something that you guys have touched on a few times is the values that go with the sport. And that sort of makes it, in my opinion, different from other 
you know, athletics and stuff like that, because there's, there's camaraderie and there's, there's more than just the, the, the game aspect, I guess, is what you could call it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting. You're not the first guest we brought on that is attributed to getting into rugby through one of their siblings, usually through an older brother, which is really awesome. And again, it speaks to some of the values that permeate uh, the game, which, it, which makes it special for sure. Um, moving forward, I think what a lot of people want to know is a little bit more about your experience at Old Glory. And so one of the one of the obvious questions revolves around the beast. Um, he was a huge signing last season for those and for those that follow the Eagles. There's another um, teammate of yours that that's just monumental in my mind. Uh, that's familiar name as well. And that's threatened Palomo. Run passer kick. What do these players bring to the culture and climate? of Old Glory DC that make them kind of difference-making players? I'll run with that. I think I'm best suited here to answer that question. Um, guys like Tendai and guys like uh, Big Daddy Threats are, in my mind, almost on this separate tier of, you know, I don't want to put them on a pedestal type deal, but when a guy that just won the World Cup is willing to come and he's sitting there, even after an injury, he's hanging out with our guys, instructing and giving the knowledge and sharing the knowledge that he has. Just the fact that he was here, you know, on what I'm assuming, you know, is he had to have been on an MLR contract, obviously, and he could have taken much more lucrative options elsewhere. But he wanted to grow the game, and it seemed like truly a noble um, pursuit of his. And that's something that you see across the board with rugby players, um, with guys like, like I said, Tendai and Threats. It's awesome to, be, um, to see Threats come back to uh, where he's got some family and stuff here. Uh, he was down in Houston and stuff like that, but it's good to see that he's back um, with his brother Toshi. And, you know, having those guys around the team, and in particular those two, it's just, it makes the game so much bigger than it is, in my opinion. Um, you know, the exhibition season was was an absolute blast, but it was a lot of club guys, guys that I had known before and stuff like that. But to have, you know, U.S. Eagles that I've seen play at the international level, you know, guys like Tendai that just won a World Cup, to see them wearing the same jersey that I'm wearing is is truly surreal. Right. I'm sure it's a powerful experience, as you say, resonates through the team with that uh, presence, as you said. Um I have a follow-up for that on, on, on the note of presence, uh, run, pass, or kick. Um, you know, not always is the information so free-flowing about player signings and where players are going. Uh, obviously, it was an incredible achievement to be able to see a guy like Tendai make his way to, to the U.S. to play, and not only to play, but to play for a startup team in, in uh, this American rugby culture. So talking about presence, can we expect – his presence, run, pass, or kick for next season at OGDC. I'm going to kick that. I'm going to kick that over to Rob, um, and I'm going to see where he goes with it. Well, I, I appreciate you giving me that opportunity. I really do. Um, I, I'm going to say, you know, tell them I've given away my secrets. Um, from what we understand, it's been pretty public. He is uh, he has been named a CEO of a South African firm, and in uh, much to um, the perhaps dismay of one of my colleagues here, Scott, uh, the big guy, Ferrara, who's who's uh, operating behind the scenes. Um, I don't think this is a job he's going to be doing remotely. My sense is that in part he was attracted to, to, to 
um, go into that role because of his presence in South Africa, because he would be making some public appearances, because he would be uh, promoting the company, um, much like they used to do when I, back when I was playing the pre-professional days. Um, so I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he's not coming back. Um, I think there was a big Scottish signing this week, right, a prop. Um, I forgot the name. Um, but I, I think that OG kind of set up to get somebody of, you know, not quite that caliber, but certainly of that, um, you know, uh, uh, of that ability and that experience level uh, to put in this place. So that's my take. Rob, I think, that, I think that's a pretty good take. Um, I'll give my personal opinion. You know, like you said, him going back to South Africa, he obviously has a lot more recognition and, you know, his name carries maybe a bit more weight down there than it would here. He could have an enormous influence on the game if he chose to return to Old Glory DC, which would be awesome. We'd be thrilled to have him. Um, but I think no matter where he is, he's going to be doing good for the game and good for everybody around him. So I'll leave it at that. Um, the good thing is I, I truthfully don't know any more than either of you two do. So um, I'm in the dark as well. Um, but yeah, I, we'd love to have him. If I had to guess, um, you know, I, I would say he'd be, he'd be sticking home in South Africa or his new home in South Africa. I think that's fair. I mean, like you said, I mean, yes, as valuable as the experience he has, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, uh, that's a fair assumption, but I'm almost wondering then, can you, I'll rephrase it, run, parcel, kick. Can you tell us what we could expect as the next signing at uh, Old Glory? I'll run with that. You okay. did absolutely not expect that information. <laughs> <laughs> because if I had it to offer, the person who gave it to me would make sure that I didn't offer it to anybody else. So. Right. I'm sure that the, the higher ups at Old Glory know better than to leak any information to me in particular, let alone, you know, any of the players that have access. Loose lips sink ships, apparently. Yeah, exactly. So let's I'll leave that to those guys. And uh, when coach tells me to show up for training camp, I'll show up and uh, and meet everybody on the team. We like that, man. You get there, you do your job and you do it well. Exactly. So, you know, you talked about, um, and I'm just going to ask one last question, because I think a lot of people were deeply intrigued about the Beast coming here and, and Tundai's uh, involvement in the club. And I want to get your take on this, because you're somebody that was around all the time. You were around him in practice and, and of course, around the clubhouse and, and around some of the promotional events. Run, pass, or kick, did he live up to the hype expected in terms of both the on-field experience and as a rugby ambassador, um, in spite of this shortened season? I'll run with that. I'll say he definitely, how can you live up to the hype of what was created as far as the rugby world when he came here? Um, so that's kind of up to the individual as to, to what you expected out of one man. My experiences with him were, you know, he's, he's a regular guy when you speak to him and shake his hand. Well, he's not a regular guy when you shake his hand. Let's <laughs> um, but he's a regular guy to talk to, and he, he's not a guy that will talk down to you in any way. Um, when, he's, when he's teaching you something, it's, it's you know, for the sake of um, educating you. And um, so as far as living up to the hype, I would say he definitely did. I didn't see – any chink in the armor, any, any flaw from, from what I would have expected from him. Cool. That's what we like to hear. You know, rugby players staying down to earth, no matter what heights they 
rise to. So we're gonna we'll get away from these. We'll put that away. We'll get to Mo Cats and 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 more about Old Glory. Um, you know, it's it's funny as as we spend a lot of time focused on the league as the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. Um, you know, uh, Ty has obviously spent time in Colorado. The big guy is out in Rooney and has some special ties with the with the group over there. And 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 I do a lot with uh, involvement with NOLA. And um, we look at other teams like San Diego and and Seattle, and all of those teams uh, are becoming known for having a very unique fan experience. And what was cool is I watched the opening match uh, at Cardinal Stadium at Catholic University is I thought there was some something special about that venue too. So I want to ask you and get your take, your opinion as a player, run, pass, or kick. What makes the Cardinal Stadium at Catholic University a special place to play for its players? So I'll, I'll run with that, definitely. I do want to clarify, when you say the first game, you saw the first game, do you mean the exhibition season at Cardinal, or do you mean the home opener against uh, – Oh, home opener, yeah. The exhibition season I couldn't get in Chicago. Yeah. I could only see. Yeah. Gotcha. I think they're on YouTube, probably in the archive somewhere. But yeah, the the Seattle home opener was was electric. Um, as were as were our exhibition season games. I think the unique part about Cardinal is is how close the fans are to the game. I think that we have options for going somewhere bigger or somewhere you know where we could have a stadium of of say. 15, 20,000 that we could fill maybe halfway or something like that. But I think that, you know, the experience and the value that you get by buying a ticket to one of those games is, is through the roof. I mean, you talk about a game day experience. We have, you know, food tents, we got food trucks, we have beer tents. Cuisine Solutions is our sponsor and, you know, they make unbelievable food. So we get that at our training, at our training sessions and stuff like that. So, Cardinal, you know, and me growing up, I kind of, in the American atmosphere, I grew up playing on a turf field um, with, there wasn't a track around it, but kind of having those, those metal bleachers right next to a turf field is something that I'm personally used to. Uh, If we return there, I I love, you know, when we return there, I'd love to, uh, to play on that field again. I know some people hate the football lines and stuff like that. Obviously, those definitely bother me visually, but you know, that's, that's something that runs in my blood and those, those turf pellets don't really get out of your skin. So um, the unique experience about, you know, Cardinal in particular to DC, you're, you're right next to the city. You're seeing the Washington monument and stuff like that. There's so much history in the entire city. So, um, you know, uh, I forget what I think it's, I forget what university it is, but um, Catholic university. Catholic yeah. university. Yeah, Catholic university. So it's, it's right in the heart of DC. So it's, it's a great, I actually, I took the Metro there for practices um, for a couple months during the exhibition season. So it's authentically in there and um, it's a great atmosphere. You know, it's funny. You just talked about the football lines and it's something that I, I noticed when you guys played Seattle, I noticed that Matt Turner went back for a high ball just inside the 22 and I, but your smile on your face tells me that I think I'm on the right track here. And he was tracking the ball. And as he looked down, he was checking out the line to see where he was next to the touchline. And um, he he misjudged the ball. And it, and it really worked to Old Glory DC's advantage. The ball went into touch. And and there was an opportunity, opportunity to steal a line out there. You guys, I think, capitalized with a score after a couple phases. And and I really thought that, that, that the football lines threw him off because what he was actually looking at was a hash mark. And probably as yeah. an English, 
as an English guy that really threw him off too, not used to hash marks in the field. Right. And, yeah. uh, and he misjudged the kick and, and it put you guys in a great position. It was uh, so maybe that plays to your advantage. Yeah. Call it a home field advantage, I guess, but you know, we're, we're definitely a little more comfortable on that field. I suppose I wouldn't say a lot of our, our true rugby players are comfortable with those lines. So you'd probably see similar mistakes from our guys as well. Yeah. But luckily, it worked out in our favor that time. I do know, I do remember exactly what you're talking about. Um, but it's just both, you know, both teams are playing on the same field at that point, and you could you could point fingers either way. But um, you know, when it comes down to it, it's it's a fair game. Right. One of the things I like that you brought up though is the atmosphere and how close everybody is to the action. Um, you know, one of the great things about rugby, for from my opinion is how great uh, an access you have to the players and to the action. I mean, you're on the sideline. And while it be considered a small stadium, wow, the optics look great on TV, man. You pack everybody together. Uh, the, as you said, was electric atmosphere. And it really translated well for the viewer at home uh, who was tuning in. And that first exhibition, sorry, not the exhibition, that home opener, um, was a great publicity for that team and, of course, the result itself. So yeah. I had a question that I wanted to be able to throw you away. Obviously, rugby is in a completely different scenario as to where it is under no play conditions. Uh, the world is a very different place from what we once knew. So during that and taking that into consideration during these COVID times, what are you doing now to keep yourself busy? And what are you doing to help you prepare for that 2021 season ahead? Well, first things first, I'm counting down the days until I get a text in my WhatsApp to say, hey, let's show up for practice. Right. Um, in the meantime, uh, I, have a, I have a full-time job. I do construction. I work for E.E. Reed East Coast. So I'm putting in um, hours there, paying my mortgage and stuff like that. So that definitely keeps me busy. You know, I'm one of, I was one of, you know, not a, not a high number of guys that had a full-time job while the season was going on. So they were awesome. My, the folks at work were awesome with working with me, scheduling um, and that sort of thing. But I'm doing at-home workouts. I kind of adjusted to doing that after all the gyms and stuff shut down. I have a, like I mentioned, I, I'm in construction. So I have a six by six wooden post that I, that I stole from work. That's about eight or 10 feet long that I'm using for military. Right. Old school on that one. Right? That's like yeah. shoot, man. That's like shoot. Remember shoot from uh, that 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 movie with Matthew Bodine about wrestling? No, I don't. I was born in '94, Rob. What did that movie? Uh, <laughs> ouch. For the folks at home, I just showed my age. Oh man, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm over here glistening. So I'm putting the hat on for the sake of the viewers, but I think all right, just turn your brightness down or something. <laughs> Oh, God. So, you know, it's it. You, you talk about um, you're. A, I mean, when you come down to it, you're a regular guy. You're holding down a regular job. You're you're nine to five or whatever hours you're putting in with the construction company. Um, so, you know, my next question really is going to play to your strength. I think um, I don't see you running or passing. Maybe you will. I don't know. But uh, uh, my brother lives in the D.C. area. Specifically, lives in, in Bethesda, and I have been to the Marrakesh in downtown. DC. I'm not even sure if it's still there. It's been so long since I've visited. But when I go back to visit him, what is the can't miss restaurant? So run past or kick. What is the can't miss restaurant that I have to visit? And there's a follow up here. If I was to order the MoCats entree, what kind of delicacy would highlight my dining experience? <laughs> 
Oh, Rob, I'm certainly going to run with that one. Uh, <laughs> and first off, as a guy from Virginia, I'd like to clarify that when you say the D.C. area and then you say Bethesda, you say the Maryland side, it's just like, uh, okay, just stay on the Maryland side. We'll stick on the Virginia side. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Southern the roots die hard, don't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the the Canvas restaurant for me, I'm I'm a breakfast guy through and through. So there I'm gonna go. about. I think it's actually. I know they have a couple of locations in Arlington. They might have one in DC, but it's a place called Bob and Edith's Diner. And you go in there and talk about being close to the action. It's a small diner. You know, no matter what table you pick, you could throw a penny and hit the guy cooking your breakfast. So. Um, it's an awesome atmosphere there as well. They, they keep it small. If you go there on a Sunday morning, you might have to wait outside for a few minutes to get in. If you go there and you tell them you want the MoCat special, I hope you're hungry. Uh, you're going to get some scrambled eggs. You're going to get some home fries. They got these big chunks of potatoes that are delicious. You're going to get some bacon. You're going to get some sausage. And then you're going to get obviously some coffee and water. And then a little treat at the end, Rob, is a couple of pancakes. If you're feeling wild, you might get chocolate chips in them. But <laughs> I'm always wild, baby. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's no time for dessert like when you're eating breakfast, in my opinion. That's awesome. Right now, uh, the big guy is salivating behind the scenes. I can, I can see it. <laughs> he is so. He, I, I think he's going to travel from New York down to Virginia just to have <laughs> the MoCats plate right there. But he wanted me to ask a follow up. Um, and ask about Ben's Chili Bowl. Ben's Chili Bowl. No. Oh, I think you're gonna. I'm missing on that one. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've been there. No. Okay. He talked about the barbecue at, at Ben's Chili Bowl. So maybe. So not what. Now we each have one. Uh, All right. I, you, know, you have to visit Ben's Chili Bowl, and I got to go get some brekkie. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Um. I want to get back to a question. I, you know, a question that relates to something you had said earlier, which uh, is, I think, significant and weighing in a lot of minds, not just of players, probably a lot of folks in the MLR uh, organization as well as owners, but most importantly, fans. In episode eighteen of the Rugby Rant podcast, we discussed the advantages and disadvantages of a potential April start to the season. While we all want to get back to rugby, and, and it is starting to come back a little bit do you think it's best to start in february or april of this 2021 season run pass or kick well i'll run with that one rob and for the sake of all of my teammates that were training with uh with me and that turf in the freezing rain all january and february i would say that i'm not opposed to a later start to the season <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm a fair weather fan but i'm a fan of fair weather yeah, <laughs> in rugby and when the sun's out, um, you know, when that turf, I'll tell you one thing, when that turf is cold and it's wet, it is miserable because it's like playing on concrete. So I would definitely say I'm not opposed to an April start. I think that might, you know, if we're playing through the summer, if that works out well, that might grow more attention to the game. You know, we're playing some games in February and stuff like that. Folks might not be looking for an outdoor sport at that point. Um so, you know, I'd love to be training more often in short sleeves and shorts rather than the layers that I was putting on to go train when we were um, training up in D.C. at that time. So, like I said, I, I would not be opposed to, to kicking that to a later date. 
Amen, brother. I can appreciate that. As a guy from Chicago, there is nothing worse than starting <laughs> February. Yeah, I'm still trying to get used to it. I tell you, you know, I come from a place that, like, is you know, honestly, we're in Cape Town, where I'm originally from. If it is like in the 50s, we don't even leave the house. We're very weak people. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely understand your 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 concern about playing in the cold weather. And you know, I experienced that when I first went up to to Colorado as an announcer for the Raptors. And with all the ice, the snow, sorry, pushed to the side, it just became like an ice box. And when that wind whipped up, man, everybody had the same complaints. That ground is hot and it is cold and it is miserable. So yeah. Yeah, I understand from that point of view. Uh, now, I'm going to take the, the, the next uh, opportunity to question you here. So run, pass or kick on this one, Mo. Old Glory was one of the three teams to debut in 2020 season, of course, uh, alongside the Free Jacks. Um, and uh, with that in mind, the MLR is adding two new teams for next season with LA and Dallas, right? The Giltinis and, of course, the Jackals. Nearly had a third with the Canaloa bid. Of course, that's been suspended until further notice. My question is to you. Do you believe, run, pass, or kick, that the league is expanding too fast? I'll run with that one. Uh, I don't think so, in my personal opinion. I think the the guys that are in charge, whoever they are up top, um, are doing a really good job as far as who they're letting in. And it seems like they're doing uh, their due diligence as far as making sure that the teams have grassroots programs and stuff like that. And uh, it seems like the at the core of the league, the, the main purpose is still growing the game and, and you know, enabling kids in America to, to watch games and professional games and stuff like that and getting the future generation more involved. So I think they're doing a great job screening those guys. Um, from what I know, you know what I mean? Having a few new teams last year, obviously with our exhibition season, we were pretty well prepared. I don't think ATL did one, but with the programs they have down there with 404 and stuff like that, they have such well-structured coaching staffs and players and a great pool to pull from. Um, up in New England, I'm not sure where they got a lot of their guys. They were pulling you know, some from uh, Ireland, I think, but everybody's got their different pools um, that they're pulling from. So it's it's really interesting to see, you know, A, what teams kind of shake out, you know, the culture and stuff like that, where they end up identifying players and stuff like that. Um, but I'm excited, man, to see the game grow, to see the league grow to Dallas. I'll tell you one thing, when that uh, Hawaii bid came through, I was definitely texting some people like, hey, you know, save me a seat down in, in Hawaii. Get out of that cold weather, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. Count, me, count me in. So um, I probably had a couple workouts that day in preparation in hopes that uh, I'd be going to Hawaii in a few months. But, you know, it, it's good to see that hopefully they do it right and hopefully, you know, that, that comes back around for an opportunity. But um, excited for Dallas to join. Obviously, LA. I've got some a few friends that live out in LA, so that would be awesome to get out there in the West Coast. You know, they have a great rugby atmosphere over there. So the word I like that you're you're using often in this context here is excited, right? So when you see you know teams expanding, it is exciting not only for the players but as well as the fans and those looking in to be able to see you know an, a great indication of the growth of the sport in the US. So it's comforting mm -hmm. to fans. Uh, at home and abroad to be able to see that. So, yeah, I understand that. You know, you hit upon uh, a couple of important things in, in, when you talked about the various teams, be it L.A. or Kanaloa or, or um, 
you know, getting out to some other teams um, and some better weather. Um, the 2021 schedule will be a challenge because obviously with, with Kanaloa back, you know, not being able to uh, enter the league or choosing not to, whatever have you, um, at least 13 teams. And it appears that the conference system will be unbalanced in some way. You know, whether it's the East or the West has six or seven, it's going to be hard to tell. That being said, Rum Passer Cook, will Old Glory DC make the playoffs in 2021? Babe Ruth, what do you say? Uh, I'm going to kick that one to Ty. I'd like to see. I'd like to see where he stands on that one before I jump in. Ah, uh, man. I mean, obviously, I'm going to say something nice, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I think that you know, with the preparation that you guys had leading into the the season, it was already phenomenal to be able to achieve the success that you had in such a short time. It laid a great foundation. So really, this coming season is going to be exciting because there are so many wild cards. There are so many opportunities. And what's enjoyable to be able to see, first as a fan, is the parity in the league. So you're seeing the level of the game consistently grow to to higher and greater and more professional uh, levels. So really, I'm going to be diplomatic and say anybody could take the title. And I don't think it's up for, uh, you know, off limits to anybody. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of shoot you down a little bit there. I expected so. If I were to answer that question, I'd be telling you that 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 shield is is gonna make a new home in DC. I'm hoping it stays there for a while. I'm hoping I can put my name on it. So, um, if you look at if you look at how we started to play last year after we got slapped in the face by Rob's boys down in Nola, <laughs> uh, I think that we were playing some really good rugby. I think that moving forward, we're gonna continue to play that. Very fast, very entertaining style of rugby. Hopefully, we can try to start to play that style of defense moving forward. But um, you know, I think that we're going to be one of the best teams in the league. Talk about excited! You see all the big names that San Diego is signing uh, with internationals like uh, right. Rob Shaw and stuff like that. So um, I think it's a it's a, an incredible time for me personally, especially to be in the league to kind of get in while it's growing at this rate. Um, to see names like that, how could you not be pumped to to get this season started? But at the same time, I'm confident that that the executives that we got at Old Glory are are signing similar names and stuff like that. We're going to have an awesome group moving forward, regardless of who it is. So I'm very excited to be a part of it. Um, super thankful, especially the the guys at Old Glory for for inviting me back and keeping me as part of the club. So I think you're going to see. Um, you know, we're going to continue the trend that we were on when the season got halted. So expect us to, to keep on winning. Yeah. I, you know, I, I got to say that I think um, people undersell the, the old glory organization, right? I think they're far more organized and far have a, a, a really well-developed vision and plan for where they are and where they want to go. And that says a lot. Uh, you know, I've I've heard a couple of uh, organizations. Who's the, the one of the development guys? Uh, I wish I could remember his name. He's a a bald fella. Um, yeah, it happens when you yeah, get Tim old. Brown. Brown. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a it's a second thing to go. Um, yeah, Tim Brown. And we all you know, know each other. Yeah. <laughs> when you listen to him talk, you you really get the impression that they have a vision. They know want they knew what they wanted to do with their draft picks. They knew where they wanted to go. Um, and uh, I think that speaks to the caliber and quality of the right. organization. And I think that that will translate you know, to the field. 
and I think that's being echoed again. That's when I think about, you know, parity in the league is that what has separated major league rugby. And I'm sure that, you know, you would also say the same Mo, is the level of professionalism has stepped up. And with that, the organizational skills and the administration, you know, it's a far greater organized product than it ever has been. And old glory is a great example of that development. Yeah, I'll give all the credit in the world to our owners, Paul Sheedy and Chris Dunlavey. Those guys are, they've obviously established themselves. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, familiar, but they've established themselves in the business world. Sheedy has a great automotive firm um, that he's got going for him all over the Northern Virginia and D.C. area. But those guys, they do have a plan. They are, you know, goal-oriented. They're not They're not here to win, you know, the first game of the season and, and fizzle out. So they're here for the long run. Um, you got, a guy you mentioned, Tim Brown, is doing a really great job of player development and stuff like that. So, um, right. Yeah, like I said, can't give enough credit to uh, to to Tim and and those guys, and then um, Hope Allen, our social media chick as well. She, she's <laughs> outstanding as far as helping uh, grow the game and grow our team's name and stuff like that. So absolutely, you know, I will put just to, just a moment to touch on Hope. First of all, she's been fantastic in helping us to be able to arrange you to join us here today. Um, you were the first person to answer the email, though, but. Um, <laughs> Nevertheless, you have been a, a pleasure to have on our show here on the Rugby Rant. We're all about making the rugby itself grow. We aim to be able to grow rugby one fan at a time. What you do and Old Glory do is a huge part of that. And we know that it's a fan-first culture down there uh, with you guys. And we all hope that we'll find a way to be able to return to rugby as quickly as possible. But in the meantime, between now and then, what can we expect from you? Any shout-out you wanted to be able to give? What's coming up? Any message you want to be able to share with fans out there of the old glory and of MoCats? Yeah, thanks, Ty. First off, I want to express my appreciation to you and Rob for having me tonight. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, the only thing I'll say as far as moving forward, guys, make sure you get out and vote. Uh, any particular shout-outs, I'd like to say hi to my mom. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Don't to watch this if you're watching live otherwise mother rug is right <laughs> yeah she was she was a little bit frantic trying to get the trying to get approval to get the i got her i got her on i think <laughs> nice that's awesome she also told me not to curse so i'll have to go back and watch <laughs> so i'm sorry mom yeah it's fantastic you know and the support that that we see for this episode because you were on people are excited to hear from you you are in fact the very first player representing your team that has joined us on our show so again thank you very much and for the rest of you that are at home perhaps watching this episode we thank you most of all because without you none of this would be possible mo wouldn't have a job rob and i don't get paid anyways but we'll enjoy what we do because you help us enjoy it so on behalf of myself ty braga Rob Hammerschmidt and Mo Katz on behalf of Scott Ferrara, who's in the background helping us produce this show. We thank you for tuning in for the Run, Pass or Kick interview with the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.